So welcome everybody to Off the Books with Beth Ann and Samantha. And today we have Hannah Kaner. Is it it's it's Kaner, right? Okay, yes. perfect, perfect. We weren't sure about that. Awesome. We have her joining us today. Um, she wrote the amazing novel that we were so lucky to receive an advanced um proof of God Killer. Which is stunning. It's stunning. <laughs> The cover is stunning. So if we you guys it. are just listening, turn on your, you got to go on YouTube, Facebook or whatever, just yeah. so you can see the cover. Yes. It's a beautiful, beautiful. I think it's a stag, right? It is. Yeah. And then a, like framed in a moon. Oh man. And there's so many amazing editions out there now. So just go get your hands on one right this minute. Pause. Go get yes. it. Come back. <laughs> this was such an amazing like fantasy and I, I love that it wasn't like a ginormous, like novel. Oh, yeah. It's pretty. It's bite-sized fantasy. It had, yeah. it had just enough description. Yes. For it to not be too much. And I, I, I loved it. It was such a easy read and 10 yes. out of 10. So before we go off and rant and rave about how amazing this book is yes. would you like to introduce yourself tell us a little bit about you and the book god killer uh well hello uh, my name is hannah Kana and i am a writer from the uk and from northumberland which is like far 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 in the northeast of the uk just before scotland but now i live in scotland in edinburgh uh north of the wall where i belong um <laughs> and i mean i've been writing for as long as i could hold fingers to a keyboard or, or pen to page. I can't really imagine my life without it and I've been writing kind of like books and fancy books like fancy has always been my first love um for a long time but Godkiller is my debut book and it's a novel about a fantasy novel about a woman who kills gods for a living until she finds a god that she cannot kill and that is Skedeketh the god of white lies who has somehow attached himself to a young noble girl who's on the run and she, this girl and the god, go on a quest to the lost city of gods um, to try and beg a favour from like the last of the wild gods to try and separate them so the god killer can kill the god and save the girl. But on the way, they run into a knight errant who is on a secret quest of his own. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> My favourite. <laughs> we need a sound effect. I know, yeah. we do need like one of those little keyboards with like little <laughs> sound effects on it. The clapping. <laughs> But yes, yes, if you guys like, see, so this is, I feel like this is, I would say like an epic fantasy mm -hmm. and it reminds me so much of like, I get Hobbit vibes from the journey and the beautiful like trail that they go on. And I love the Hobbit so much with all my heart. <laughs> and it just really brought those amazing things out in it. The, and like I said, I was saying in our um, preview, our last episode, when I told everybody to pick this up before this interview, that this is such a good, because it, it's, there's so much, but it's not so much. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, I just got done reading Brandon Sanderson's The Way of Kings, and it's literally like this big. And I, I, I love Brandon I'm not a bunch of your books. There's no shade in that. Like, right, like yeah. But this I, really, is... I love having a fancy I can sink my teeth into. But with this yes. one, I intentionally wanted to write something tight. Um, and yes, it was it's quite a, like a a work with my editor and of like of myself to try and kind of like keep it tight to the kind of the story and and because it's so tempting in this world to sort of follow down different trails and expand it out, expand it on the history or 
expand upon the potential future or the rest of the places but I wanted to keep the focus on this sense of of a quest and you're yeah. absolutely like a hobbit and um that kind of bearing back again was the sort of uh the I guess the structure upon which I, I hung this book and I really wanted to write a sort of a vein of, of classic fantasy of a sense you have to get from A to B the hero's journey the hobbit Gawain and the green knight like the sense of having to traverse a world that is um dangerous and kind of full of magic and full of potential and I really wanted to kind of start the story there with the very very simple narrative thread um that the rest of the books can then build on um so it was a really uh I mean it was it was a really kind of like a work of passion to try and get it continuing into those 300 pages I think is in the paperback how long did it, it start so good did you have to um, like chisel it down quite a bit no it, start, it still started very short it I kind of I felt the story was complete at around 90,000 so I did add stuff but then I was kind of quite a rigorous self-editor um and then obviously my editor who was like really um brilliant would kind of come in at certain passages where I was really just waxing lyrical about something I wanted to talk about so <laughs> I don't know like the trade of spices in this world or the kind of the minting of coins in this world and she was like which would maybe. still be amazing <laughs> <laughs> maybe not quite relevant to the story here some people love a quest some people really hate the quest kind of like narrative I love it I love that kind of it's I'm so a walker good. myself I love hiking in like the Scottish mountains and so I really really wanted to bring it out and I have a deep deep love of kind of um of Tolkien and like his previous works and like kind of that bedrock of fantasy and I just really wanted to to use it we think you did a fantastic I think you did a phenomenal yes. job and I don't feel like I was missing out I think you mm-hmm. were able to pack in so much detail and so much in the character development was phenomenal and I loved being emotionally attached to all of these characters and the way that you care about them so deeply and like it's just so beautifully you did a fantastic I love it <laughs> you did a fantastic job and it just warms your heart in places and then it, <laughs> it does it but it just warms your heart places and these people are so real yes and the things that they go through and their pasts coming into what their current situations and stuff are now it just makes them so much more complex and beautiful and so much more able to hold on to and like you can people can find themselves in these these characters and I think that's amazing and I yeah. I love that and they each have such a different story and it's so beautifully woven together by the end of it and I was just like oh this <laughs> Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. It's so <laughs> great. So great. You did a great job. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that. I'm not going to tell you that anyway. You no, I do. I really do. It's so good. It is so good. And I think when we were scrolling through, um, because we, you know, of course, we we like to read other people's like reviews right. and what they think about it. Um, we saw that qu- quite a few people were comparing it to The Witcher. Would yeah. do you think? Do, how do you feel about that comparison? Yeah, we were curious. Oh, really honored. I feel honored. Like, yeah. I mean, conceptually, it follows really similar stance. I mean, it's got that kind of um, the gruff hero and the like the adoption of the precocious child with kind of mysterious power um I mean the witcher is kind of is episodic in nature I haven't actually read them I know I should I haven't played the game either I did watch the series after my editor told me that I should 
And I was like, oh, I'm really pulling on like, yeah, whenever anyone compares it even slightly to the whip, I just feel kind of like, wow, that's, that's a really, um, yeah, I feel really sort of honored to even be mentioned in the same sentence. So it's great for me. <laughs> So, okay, so like I was saying before, we love your focus on characters, and I was wondering if um, you could explain, like, what your thought process was for the tension in the character dynamic, or, like, um, where you wanted to go with these people, essentially, if you could, like, explain a little bit more about that. Oh, I could talk about this for hours. I will try my best not so, I mean, as you can probably imagine when you're reading the book, the kind of, and the title of the book, the, the first character and the first kind of core character whose story I wanted to tell was Yusena, who is the, the god killer. Um, I wanted to write a really, like, um, strong, real, gruff, annoying, like, belligerent woman. Um, <laughs> and I wanted her to be funny. I wanted her to be um, a bit, like, naughty. I wanted her to be sexy and just, like, everything um loud and like spilling off the page and I wanted her to be a really strong voice in the story and I started writing from her point of view I considered writing it in first person played around a bit with that and then continued in the vein of, of her voice which is kind of um the first one that you hear in the book but as I started to sort of pull the story together I realized that she is a very um very black and white perspective on the world uh, where gods are real she hates gods she thinks they shouldn't exist she thinks that she is the kind of the last line of defense against them but that's just one way of seeing this world and her right. way is not necessarily the right way there is no right way and so I really wanted to kind of have foils to her voice and so I brought in Inara's voice which is the young girl that she sort of semi-adopts and like looks after um and Inara is green to the world she is experiencing it all for the first time which kind of also is a bit of a foil for the reader who gets to kind of see some new things through her through her eyes and she's also kind of barely um doesn't have a lot of reasons to have built up bias about the world she kind of is seeing it as it is and that's a really kind of different perspective to kitchens and then we have Elo, who's the knight errant and i thought okay we've got two like warriors who both have had their own experiences of trauma of um of disabling events of kind of um terror in their pasts and of gods but they have very very different perspectives on it either thinks everyone should be free to worship as they wish um whereas kissing thinks everyone should just have faith in themselves and nothing else and then we have the god and the god was the last voice i added because i kind of thought you know we've already got three points of view in a very very small space but I also thought that's such an interesting perspective to have. It's kind of like yes. a literal, the complete opposite of kissing a god who's, who the world is quite literally out to get him. Like, the world wants yeah. him dead. Um, God's abandoned this in this country. Like, he shouldn't exist. You've been hiding for years. And I love bringing out his voice as well. And his kind of, and because we were all experiencing the same thing, or at, at one point when all these characters come together, they're experiencing the same journey at the same time. Their different voices add a lot of different layers to the journey, like what they're paying attention to, what they see, how that reflects in their past. And it was, I had to make sure that those voices were really dynamic and different. And so I wanted to be, whenever you picked up a single chapter, if you could read a few sentences, you don't need to know at the beginning of the chapter where it says who's speaking, you already kind of know who's, whose chapter it yes. is by 
how they speak, how they like, what they look at, and what they they put as important um, around them. And that's kind of was really really fun to play with that kind of semi immersed third person. Um, so yeah, I really wanted to have people with different views of the world and of their journey, and then have them be kind of foils to each other. So like kind of innocence versus um, like experience and uh, love of gods and the world and and resentment or hatred of it and like kind of those things aren't necessarily like I'm very ambivalent about them. It's about those characters and what they choose to believe, and that's really it was really exciting to read. I just loved like playing with these characters and like their voices are really very very strong to me now. I really enjoyed that when we started reading from Skeddy's point of view. Um, I loved that you added that because, like you said, because he's obviously not human. And so seeing the way that the gods would see all of their humanity and their desires and things like that, I loved it because it was such a stark contrast to everything else that everybody was feeling and participating in. And I loved that he was, I guess, I would say flawed in a way, but maybe that's not the correct word, but, and he was vulnerable. And sometimes I think when people think of like gods and stuff like that, that they don't assume that there can be like humanity in that or like that kind of a vulnerability. And I loved it so much because even in like his size and his growing and like, you could see physically and then feel him in his tone and everything what was happening. And I loved that that added such a depth to how they were going, because honestly, like these people probably wouldn't in any other situation be friends, even give each other the time of day. Mm-hmm. And this one goal brought them together and helped them to kind of like realize that, you know, people are all different. Everybody is going to have something to bring to the table in that even though we don't share all the same things, we can still be friends. We can still work together. We can still have love for each other and appreciate each other. And he was a very crucial part of the whole dynamic. And Mm -hmm. I love that. I felt every emotion for the, for him as a, as a God, because I was like, at one point I was like, Mm -hmm. he's so selfish. And he's so like, why would he do that to her? And I'm so mad at him. And like, I I loved him so much. Naughty boy. And and then when you realize that everything that I was like relying on for my opinion of the gods from kissing, I was, and then I was taking what she was saying and like, yeah, this is how we've got to deal with this stuff. And like, you know, how dare he and going on and on. And then realizing (laughs) that when he could show things that no one thought like emotion and compassion and love when no one thought that he could, I was just like, yeah okay (laughs) that turns everything on its head but that's what makes it so real and in investing as a reader and it makes you want to keep going because you just want everything to like come together and it almost makes me worry what's going to (laughs) happen in the next book because I'm like if anybody leaves us (laughs) I'm gonna be devastated (laughs) I loved like the character dynamic development between Kissin and then Skeddy throughout like the entire book because you know you start the book and Kissin's like I absolutely like hate you like no and then he just kind of becomes like a little bit like annoying like an annoyance and then you can tell like she has like a soft spot for him 
Yes. Well, and she can see, I think she sees herself in Inara, right? I mean, she really holds mm -hmm. on to that because this poor girl has experienced great loss. And so she, and so she's like, I have to protect her at all costs because this is what I have to give back. Like this, right. she can't have the hand that I was dealt essentially is what I felt like. And the fact that she can learn to trust him by the end, maybe trust Luke, but you know, <laughs> give him that trust. little bit of extra rope to know, okay, yeah. like we can do this. We can figure this out. Mm. It's just so good. And I love the character base of it. A lot of people really like, you know, everything else that's going on and it. it's got great plot and it's got all those things too, but I just love what you did with all of the different dynamic of that. It was yeah. fantastic. So good. I think the the character like interaction was like my favorite part of the book. And I love when they were like on their like little journey. Yes. Sitting around oh. the fire, experiencing yeah. like real life together, you know, even going and having to realize, all right, we all stink. We need to go down <laughs> to the river and we've got to figure this out. And like all of the undoing of that and it, how it like brings everything naturally into light as far as the story goes, which I don't want to spoil anything because I want you guys to read it, but um, it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. It really is. I really wanted to kind of, to have or work towards a plot that people could feel immersed in and that there are moments in the text where you have and one of the, the greatest hearts of the book, the thing that I, I really wanted to bring out of it is that sense of fellowship and, and found family and that kind of how people can love each other even across divides, even across thought divides. Um, and those moments of breaking bread around a fire for me are kind of like, I mean, that's for me also like the heart of fantasy is often the belly of fantasy. It's around kind of food and it's around companionship and it's around fellowship and found family that is just, the next kind of the next level of fellowship I I believe and that's something that kind of the queer community has like taught us is that we can choose our family we can build our family um and I love that sense in the book or love bringing out those kind of those really quiet moments when stories sort of get the space to breathe um yeah it's, it's something I did intentionally and I love it when people love that too yes so good so you said that this was your debut novel earlier did you anticipate that this would really kind of blow up on such a grand scale and that people would really <laughs> think? <laughs> how does that, I mean, how does that like feel like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what I would do with. I looked at the cover and I was like, yep, absolutely. It's going to go. It's, it's going to just, <laughs> yeah. And the description too, though. Yes. <laughs> I think I've been. So as I said, this is by far not my, my first book. It's actually the seventh book that I've written in full. And the fourth or fifth, I believe fourth. I just did a post about this, but um, on Instagram, I think it's the fourth book I've had sent out with my agent, went to publishers, and the previous three had all been um, turned down. And I was keeping writing because I, I love it. As I said, it, for me, it's like, it's like breathing. And every time I kind of, I've written a book and everyone said no I've been like should I even keep trying like you know what's the point right and yeah. I always kept coming back to it because it's something that I just um that I love and I want to to be good at even if it never saw ink and never got on paper so when I sent this to um my agent and it went to publishers I was like well there's another one gone and you know I'll, I'll work on something else now because I, I didn't think it would sell I was just right so yeah. um 
I'll just yeah, send us another one um into into the abyss and see if the abyss speaks back. Um <laughs> so when it had the first buy-in, which was just in the UK, I was over the moon. Like I was completely um I didn't really believe it for quite a few months. <laughs> I yeah. kept being like, nah, that was a dream. Um, <laughs> and then the whole kind of, you know, the process of, of editing around like a full-time job was, was still going. And, you know, it's, and it is really hard work and almost almost every writer has to work on their writing around their full-time work. Every group does as well. Um, so, and then it got published in the UK and um, also was in a subscription box, which would very much helped, but even just the organic pre-orders were, were huge. And I think absolutely based on the beauty of the cover, on the on the huge work of the team in the UK as well. Um, and hopefully the, the story as well was, was helped. Yes. Um, yes. And the response has been, has blown me out the water and I still kind of get quite emotional when I think about it. So trying to think about it too much, but and so everything on top of that has just felt like such a bonus um so when the US decided they were going to pick it up um a couple like it was a couple months after publication in the UK I um I, I can still barely barely speak and I'm just like oh my gosh more people get to read this and I get to connect with more people and like booksellers and librarians and readers who I've spoken to so many have come to me with like such passion for the story my, which I felt was just kind of like my thing for for me and it would always be that and I, I'm so over, like overjoyed that people have taken it and ran away with it and made it their own um so yeah it feels uh strange and deeply suspicious but that's <laughs> really great <laughs> That's yeah. a good way to say it. I'm I'm in quite a I'm in a few book groups, um, you know, just like on social media and stuff. And it's it's insanely popular. Like in the US right now, I mean everybody's like, I want God Killer. Like, does anybody have a copy of this? I want this. And yes, yeah. and even like the arcs and stuff like that. If you're like showing that at all, people are like, oh my give gosh, it to me. It to I'm like, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Like, <laughs> if anyone's like not watching the video like I'm kind of combusting with embarrassment right now but, also, <laughs> but think, yeah this the fact that people read it liking it or talking about it sharing it is just every single person reads it it just feels like kind of a bit of a connection to to my heart and so I just feel really really privileged to be able to put this book out there um yeah I never imagined to be honest that it would see the control so I, I feel really blessed um so are any of the characters that were written in the book um representative of people in your life or um just kind of like societal concepts no no I think kind of I think if I tried to do that or tried to kind of impose concepts too strongly on the character and they wouldn't have felt real or alive right yeah um there were kind of aspects of the world and of the characters that I did a lot of research into and I wanted to bring out. Um, for example, like Kissing uh, has a physical disability, which wasn't my intention when first writing the character. Um, but with her, at the very beginning of the book, she experiences a, is a sacrifice to a god. Sorry, spoiler, but it's just straight in the prologue. <laughs> um, right. And to get out of that, she needs to or have something sacrificed. And the gods in this world, the law is kind of 
uh, offering praise is you know pretty good. Offering um, incense, candles, coins, ribbon is even better. Offering blood, flesh, bone is even better than that. And so it, it needs to be a big offering. So I did a lot of work with um, authenticity editors and uh, with just reading um, about what the disabled community thinks about fantasy, what frustrates them about reading fantasy. And um, research into kind of like experiences of using Pacifis, like kind of phantom pain, what that is like, um, to make sure that the character was respectful um, and authentic. So I definitely didn't kind of like pick sort of, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, push that concept in this character and that's what they right. represent. Right. It was, but I wanted to make sure they were whole, real, living, breathing, complicated, flawed, and excellent um people and so i really wanted to kind of bring out all these different aspects and make sure that they were did feel whole and rounded and they did make mistakes and they were um you know they pissed each other off all the time that kind of thing <laughs> i really appreciate that part of kissing and i yeah. think that you can tell that you wrote them like you just let it come out of you. You know what I mean? You can tell that they're unique to themselves. Um, and I really appreciated that you added in all those things about her because it make, like you said, it makes her more real yeah. and it makes her more relatable. And it kind of like the concept of like being overpowered or OP or something like that. You know what I mean? It yeah. gives her that, like that workaround that she has to go through just like everybody else. Like I'm fighting this fight with you, just like you. And we're doing this together and we have to figure out these different things. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed that. And it made her more, not just invested, because I think that even if it didn't happen, she would still be invested considering what she went through as a person. But it showed like not just the sacrifice of her soul and herself, her personality, who she was, but a part of her really was affected. Every part of the imagination, Kissin was affected mm -hmm. by what's happening in the world. And I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Was she your favorite character to write or? Ooh, that's a, that's a bogus question. Oh, <laughs> I love them all. <laughs> yeah. That's like picking your favorite, like pet kid. Yeah. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Kissing was the, basically stamped off the page and refused to, to be anything other than what she is. And that was um, so delicious to write I think kind of the harder characters to write was probably Elo and Skeddy because they're a little bit more internal um whereas Kristen is like she wears a heart and a sleeve and she is who she is and she loves who she is whereas Elo is is very traumatized and is very contained he's very nightly he's very kind of straight-laced and so I loved kind of seeing the cracks in his armor I think I I think I really really loved writing Elo because I find him to be very interesting and complex and so rigid at the beginning that as he starts opening up, you start kind of like seeing more of who you could be. And I really um, enjoyed kind of peeling back those those aspects of that character. Um, so I definitely don't have a favorite character, but I think kind of that was both challenging and rewarding to write the Baker Knight on a quest. Yes, such a, such a good like dichotomy, like a like a, I don't know, because even Kissing was just like, you're a baker. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I loved it. Okay. So for the other writers out there who listen and for, um, we have a teen writers group here that our um, YA librarian, Brittany does every week. And there's a whole slew of kids that come in and write and um, share their stories and stuff like that. How long or the process from maybe not start to finish for God Killer, did it take, how long did it take to be able to get all this together and then get it out for people to be able to enjoy? For this particular book, it took probably the longest to write, but that was because it was, I began it before COVID. And then during COVID, I was working on um Scotland's digital COVID response. And so that was kind of like the majority of my waking hours. Um, so time to write was still a bit by the side. So I would say taking out that time and actual time which I had pen to paper, it took around four or five months to have the first draft and then a little bit longer to edit it and rewrite it and re-edit it and then ask friends or ask beta readers to to look at it as well. I took a kind of a lot of care with this um with the first draft. Um well with that would be like the fifth draft by the time it went to my agent. From the point of um and then I did another revi- revise of my agent. So that was another couple of months. So I'd say seven months by this point. I went on submission to publishers. Now that can take, depending on what's going on in the publishing industry and what's what they're doing, that can take anything between a couple of weeks to several months for an offer to come through. Um as we kind of mentioned um earlier i only had, had one offer and it did come through after a, a few weeks from the uk um which was really surprising to me because i wasn't expected to hear anything for about six and from the point of offer took about a year and a half to get to the publication so mm. through that time is um editing and then writing and then kind of sending away and then um getting up print schedules like kind of the publisher trying to drum up sales and publicity and interest and so it goes through kind of a um a structured process to it before it actually gets to, to be on a shelf so most books take around two years from beginning to publication i would say it's not as long as i thought for some reason yeah so then it w- i know it would take it does more. vary from a million years <laughs> I'd be There's writing a book for 10 years. There is no rule with writing. Like, I mean, <laughs> some will take longer, some will take shorter. Right. That's So then um, uh, the next book to this, the sequel to this, because it's going to be a trilogy, correct? It is, yes. Okay. Um, which is so exciting. Because I thought it was going to be a duology. And then when I realized it was going to be a trilogy, I was like, yes. Okay. So did have you... It's coming out really soon, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so in the US, it's coming out in March. In the UK, it will be. Ah, in okay. All right. So, so what the US did, the publisher did in, in um, North America, was they took, because it had been published in January in 2023, um, and they managed to turn around publishing it, releasing it, getting arcs out, getting it um, distributed. In an incredibly short time scale for the US. I do think kind of the US has longer lead time on publication. They usually need a book to be completely finalized and, and absolutely ready six months prior to it being actually printed. Um, because there's those long print schedules, there's a huge amount of books to go. So it is a testament to the publishing team to have turned 
and got Godka out within such a short time frame. Um, and then they're trying to catch up with the, with the UK publication dates. So this time, UK moved forward by a month, the US got it to March. So they're literally within a month, it's going to be both published for book two and then book three. We're hoping to release it on exactly the same date in the US and the UK. Which would be really exciting because I'll be like, yeah, be the whole yeah thing coming together at once. So then, is this is me being nosy, and you don't have to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> so, is the third book completed? No, no, third book okay. is uh, I'm about a third into it. Okay, okay, okay. That's really cool. Though, I'm gonna people like, don't have to wait like a billion years for the second one. I know, but I'm gonna fly through, and it's gonna feel like. <laughs> you have to pace I'm yourself. Gonna get this. <laughs> I'm gonna get this and I'm gonna go right through it. I'm Ten like, pages yeah. a day. <laughs> like just like okay, one page. You can read one paragraph until we get <laughs> to this point because I'm gonna be chomping out the bit. Oh, it's gonna be so good. And so I already know you're gonna devastate me, but it's okay. <laughs> because we love you. <laughs> it's gonna be fantastic. Oh, I'm very excited. Okay my tangent <laughs> are there are there other projects that you're working on kind of like in between or currently no but that will be soon okay at the moment I'm purely focusing on completing the trilogy um, right. because I really want to um and to like finish the story and then the next projects are starting to percolate um so I believe I'll probably be um tag teaming the editing of book three and the writing of my new book that will help me follow i'm excited spoilers, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> so then is would you say that fantasy is your favorite genre or do you have a favorite genre authors and things like that i think fantasy will, will always be my my go-to um i think fantasy is kind of like the, the one of the purest hearts of storytelling it's kind of the myths we tell around the campfire it's folk tales and it's um old wives tales and it's superstitions and um, fantasy is kind of like everything that we have done to entertain each other throughout millennia um but i love so many different things like i'm reading um i, I really like sort of social history and kind of like particularly, particularly kind of like mediterranean trade history um or Mediterranean and Arabic trade history is just absolutely fascinating um I really love sci-fi and so I always go for a sci-fi book and yeah pretty much I'll, I'll read anything I can get my hands on but at the moment I've been getting having the enormous privilege of getting um fantasy arcs so people are sending me fantasy books to read or sometimes like historical fiction which is also brilliant um, so that's been really lovely is to be able to like access new books coming up just a little bit earlier. Yes, it's so fun. It's just like such an amazing treat. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm so excited. Arc mail is the best mail. It is the best mail. like Christmas. Mail. Yes, it is. <laughs> and it's so fun to be able to dive into a story. And then I think the only thing about it though is that once you're finished with it and like nobody else has really got it yet. And then you're <laughs> finished and you're like, bubbling to try to talk to people about it and you're just yeah. like but I can't spoil it for you but you kind of have to wait for it to come out <laughs> until this time and so it's like 
you know, it's got two sides of that coin. Like, true. I mean, game. yeah, yeah. I always have to try and seek out someone who's either read it or written it. So occasionally, I'll message message an author and be like, just absolutely scream at them about their book. We've definitely done that before. <laughs> Like, what's happening? Give us more. It's like, how dare you? Please do it. What are you doing? (laughs) Yes. Oh, so good. This was great. I loved loved it. It It was good. It was it was better than good, honest. It was fantastic. I'm gonna show it again just because you guys need to see it again. (laughs) It is amazing. And we want to thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today and being able to share this story and speak with us I mean yeah you know we're just two girls sitting in the library book Little talking old with Indiana yeah in the old Indiana Kokomo and um being able to have the opportunity and the privilege to be able to sit down with you and talk about you know something that comes from your heart and that really touched our hearts as well is phenomenal and for you to be able to take that time out of your day to be able to sit with us and you know, kind of essentially come here, you know, in a way, because technology is amazing, right? <laughs> it, Thank you so much for having me, like, and inviting me, though, genuinely, when um, a library kind of messages say, would you like to? I'm like, yes, like, immediate, because it's it's just wonderful. You do such, like, good work, and being able to chat to you about, like, books is just a dream come true. It's the best part of the job, yeah. is being able to recommend, and when somebody comes up and is like, hey, do you know anything about this genre? And then you can pull from all these different people to be able to recommend stuff because we all love different things. Yeah. And so thank you for giving us a tool in our tool belt to be able to give people, <laughs> you know, this, you know, and I have been telling people like, if you want to try to get into fantasy and you're not sure, you know, this is such a good way to like hop in and be like totally drowned and in love because it give it packs such a punch and you're going to be so invested and you're just going to kind of gobble it up. So thank you. We really appreciate you and your time and for writing this amazing book. And we're very much looking forward to picking up Sunbringer, um, which is coming out very, very soon. Yeah, so I very excited. Coming out in March. I know it's going to be, I got to get my hands on it. So we <laughs> want to again, say thank you so much yes. for coming onto the podcast and um, being a part of this with us. It was a very much a privilege. So thank you. 